0: Hey guys, it's KD Reed with me, and this is KD. Um, we last left off on It's Over Boulder. Um, this is the last part of the first part of Dark Song. Mom barged into the room without knocking and marched straight to my closets. We're having a garage sale, she announced. I was still fighting nausea. I had her mom screaming, full-on banshee wailing. at that for a good while. Then I couldn't hear anything. The study door slammed shut and mine flung open soon after. Mom was in fight mode. First she pulled out all my school uniforms, then she found my heavy sweaters and stacked them on the bed. Take anything you haven't worn in a year, fold it, and add it to this stuff. We need money for a U-Haul trailer and gas to get to Texas. Was she in fight mode or flight mode? Texas, I demanded, following her into the hall as she went into Chrissy's room. We won't have much room, so not much goes. I suggest you select wisely. This subdivision doesn't allow garage sales, I said. We won't be living here by the time they have meeting of the committee. Let them sue me, Mom said. Cheer up. You don't have to go back to school until we get settled. Why Texas? Ask your father. Mom said. I hurled down the stairs and into the study. Why are we moving to Texas? I burst out. Dad slouched in the leather wingback chair, staring vacantly. Whatever the yelling has been about, he had been so so soundly defeated. Your grandparents live there. No, I don't have grandparents in Texas. I only have one grandparent. No one, no one will lie to their own children about their grandparents. My, I whispered, my- your parents are dead. You said that's what you said. Dad held up one hand to stop me. Trust me, it's easier to say they are dead than to tell you the truth. Dad held up one hand. Trust me, it's easier to say they are dead than to tell you the truth. Trust him. I take a breath. What truth? They're penny pinching monsters whose <laughs> not shriveled up so long ago they can't remember having them. I waited. Dad looked at me, saw so I wanted more. There are slum lords in a horrible, hard, scrabble town until now. I hadn't spoken to them since I went to college. He pushed out a breath, satisfied. no, I wouldn't be satisfied if he could walk away from his own parents. when would he leave us then why are we going there? Your mother said i have humiliated I have humiliated the family. Too much to live in Boulder anymore. Not that we can afford it. He looked down the hard, at the hardwood floor. When he pulls his head back up and gazed out of the window, I saw the tears. She made me call them and ask if we could live in one of their rentals. I think this is her way of making sure I get a good dose of humiliation too. Well, actually, <clears throat> well, yeah, I could say that once again payback, and the fact that, you know, I mean, that's a place to live and it's family. He brushed the tear away. Don't look at me like I'm some <sighs> full of self-pity. The only reason those two old riches are letting us stay is because one of the rentals is so broken down it hasn't been rented for six months. I have to... Fix the darn thing to get three free months rent and they'll get their pound of flush out of me while I'm there. I felt a warm flush of anger. So on top of all the rest that I've learned about you, I found out that you've lied to me my whole life about my grandparents. I was practically breathless with indignation. Ugh, oh, indignation. Egg dig indignation there you go you're a gambler a thief and a hypocrite I could count on my fingers and stuck I counted on my fingers and stuck a fourth one out oh I forgot add forgery to the list of crimes I've already heard this speech from your mother he ground the heels of his hands in his eye sockets content now replaced the empty place I'd held for dad I thought family was supposed to be what the Fords are all about Mea culpa. Mea maxima culpa. I'm a pound of manure, and your and and your mother's crap smells like roses. (sighs) Speechless. Dad never talked to me like that before. He cleared his throat and tried to redirect. We'll be near Houston. There's some good jobs there, executive positions. People won't know me or my past, and the cost of living is a lot better in Texas. It will be a good move, a fresh start. Humiliation. Okay, so I think this is the last one. I was left with two, suitca- with two suitcases of clothes, a box of treasured pictures, and mementos. My makeup, a couple of books, a camera, my pillows, and after a fight, my laptop. I watched the strangers and worse, neighbors and friends rummage through my CDs. And clothes, our furniture, sheets, table linens, dad's golf. Golf clubs, our bikes, tennis rackets—everything that made us the Fords—I died of shame when Mom forced me to make the change. I made a deal with M to come and buy all of Chrissy's bears. That's kind of you, Emily, but there's no room in the car or the U-Haul for even one more box. Mom said, "I'm going to mail them to her, Mrs. Ford." And didn't even try to make, try to uh, make nice. <clears throat> Mom's face blazed with color. Fine then. She wouldn't make eye, con- eye contact as she took M's money, but her long look at me could have incinerated paper. I walked out with M. Thanks for this, M. How bad would it be to kidnap just one bear from a six-year-old? This one is really cute. Will Chrissy notice? She grinned at me. I couldn't help but grin back. Chrissy would notice. We said it together. Nothing got past Chrissy. I turned and trudged back to the garage to find Kim Banks, Layla Emerson, and Reggie Wilcox, sashaying among the tables of our possessions. Nightmare. I knew my friends didn't garage sale shop. Kim pointed at things that didn't touch, but didn't touch, as if the objects were infectious. I guess sometimes a slap in the face isn't physical. There she is. Kim Kim was loud, pulling all the attention of everyone in the garage. Ames, you poor thing. I tried to make my face a mask and tamp out the nausea that rolled in my stomach, but I couldn't control the blush that revealed my shame. There's a rumor that you're moving, Reggie said. You know the sign in the front of your house and all, but you haven't said a word to anyone. Layla made it sound like a cat coughing up a hairball. Like someone is going to buy your old school uniforms. How desperate is that? And CDs? Like everyone doesn't download. She put one manicured hand over her mouth. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Really, good luck with the sale. My dad said the creditors are totally hounding you guys. And, oh, I didn't mean to say that either. She's a lying wench. She meant to say it. Go away, I said. And I totally meant that. I turned and shot my mother a scathing look, then rushed into the house, searching for the nearest bathroom. After the bits and pieces of our lives were carted off by strangers and pitying neighbors, Mom, Chrissy, and I cleaned the remains. Mom made a run and sold what was left to a secondhand store. Dad was in the kitchen, sitting on the floor drinking beer. He gambled away the big money, and now he was drinking away the change. He looked more than pathetic, droopy-eyed, and loose-limbed, propped into a corner. Chrissy and I clattered across the rugless wood floors and up the stairs to her room. Everything echoes, Chrissy noticed. There's nothing to hear us, so our words just come back, I said. We flopped down on her plush carpet. Do you think Em will kidnap any of the bears? M's too nice, Chrissy said. I laughed. Those three words have never been spoken together in history of mankind, I said. Chrissy shook her head fiercely. M is nice, deep down. She sometimes is nicer than you. I felt like she's just... Okay, it says... Okay, Chrissy is shaking her head fiercely. M is nice, deep down. Sometimes she's nicer than you. I felt like she just kicked me in the stomach. Where do you know? I grumbled. You talk to stuffed bears. You're too drunk to drive, but I think you can manage to get the last of the suitcases into the back of the car, mom shouted down the stairs to dad. Then came into Chrissy's room. Well, it's all done. Let's get in the car and go. I thought we were leaving in the morning, I said. Em's coming by. Why sleep on the hard floors when we could be driving? Saying goodbye will just make you cry and give yourself a headache. Let's cut our losses and get going. I wanted to argue with mom for taking away my last thing of value, a goodbye with my friend, but she was already whipping down the hall. Dad bumbled and fumbled with the suitcases. He arranged the already rearranged bags with mom, tapping her foot and snapping glances at her watch like we were about to miss a flight or something. Finally, she said, stop it. You're driving me insane. The suitcases are fine. They were fine 10 minutes ago. Let's just go. That's when a 60s Volkswagen hand-painted camouflage and purring like cream-fed cat drove up and angled across the nose of our Lexus SUV. Dad gave a big sigh of relief. Out of the passenger seat popped Rockin' Robin. Seconds from a clean getaway, were you? Robin said, "You called her?" Mom asked, "If you won't give me a hug goodbye, I'll take it by force." Robin said. She reached out and grabbed Mom in a fierce hug, a fierce hard hug. Mom seemed to crumble like an empty bag. This kind of just shows that he um he does love her and that you know, this fumbling for about 10 minutes while Robin came to greet. Well, not to greet, but to, you know, see her daughter off. That's an action of love. At least this time I won't have to live in a tent. Mom tried to laugh, but sobs came instead. She sank to the curb. Robin sat next to her. I'm moving in with Gretchen for a while. Randall has my phone number. I got part time job at a no kill pet shelter. I just might get a hankering to pet me a cow or two and come, wait, yeah, to pet me a cow or two and come to Texas sometime. You never know with me. You never know. That's God's truth. Mom wiped her eyes. I've lost everything important in your blubbering about petting cows. So she didn't lose everything important. She still has her family she still has a possible roof over her head and she still has some sort of emotional support from her mother i wouldn't say she lost everything robin stood up slow and steady she stepped away from mom last time i looked, your children were something important diana she leaned into the car and kissed chrissy i love you dumpling i'll call you soon i hugged her take care of them robin whispered in my ear i love you she hugged dad, thanks for calling, now straighten up, a-hole. When dad and I got into the car, mom was already in the driver's seat with the motor running. She backed up to avoid killing Robin's friend, who still leaned against her camo bug, then changed gears and drove away without another look at her mother. Once on the interstate, mom gripped the leather-covered steering wheel with her hands as if they were fused into the 10 and 2 position. Her seat was full upright and she never set the cruise control, no radio, no talking. She stared straight ahead, but there were sight daggers for Dad. He sighed and tilted his head and tilted his seat practically into my lap and went to sleep. It got dark and the passing lights hypnotized me. I couldn't stretch out much with dad's tilted seat and Chrissy's booster seat set anchored next to me. My legs were cramped and my back began and my back needed some stretching. But mom made it clear that we wouldn't be stopping anytime soon. We were only stopping for gas and to pee. There's snacks and water. We don't have the cash for hotels or restaurants. I decided drinking water would complicate matters. I dozed off for a while. I woke up when Mom pulled in for gas, Dad sobered up enough to drive part of the way, so Mom took a nap. We all bailed to hit the bathrooms. It's official. nothing is more this- disgusting than a gas station bathroom. I snarked, but I had a surprise waiting for me in Texas, and a lesson about tempting the gods once we get our de- once we get to our destination. um I begged Mom to let us live in the car. Mm -hmm. any little hope of life i recognized vanished when we turned onto poverty lane as i called it the houses were crowded one next to another with scraggly yards bare patches of dirt surrounded by unmowed grass the crawled up chin-like fences pit bulls and rottweilers strained against their against their chains as we drove by porches and roof lights sagged curtains hung haphazardly parting to let suspicious faces watch us convert uh covertly of all the rundown pathetic houses we turn into the carport of the worst peeled and blistered paint made the house look like it had leprosy front window broken door hanging agape like a first grader's dangling front tooth bits of shingle missing from the roof A wild, overgrown grass patch. It's only saving grace was a tangle of briars along one side where, almost in defiance, roses bloom. Not many, just enough soft beauty to highlight the raw ugliness. Home sweet home. Let's go look at the damage before we unload, Dad said. Opening the car... Was nearly a fatal mistake. Opening the car door was nearly a fatal mistake. Early April in Boulder is still cold. We left in sweaters and jeans. We stepped into a sauna. Swamp monster, humid, clampy, pop sweat out of your forehead in seconds hot. I was skinny off my sweater quick. Wait, I was skinning off my sweater quicker than I could draw another labored breath. Jeez, you can eat this air easier than breathe it. <laughs> I wiped my face with the sleeve of the sweater, then pulled out and pulled the tail of my t shirt out of my jeans and flapped it. We cannot live here, I moaned. I mean, moaning about where you have to move to. I mean, why didn't they research, you know, how hot it would be? I don't know. Why <sighs> didn't they actually put any? to sing about their new plates and the dad has already lived there so surely he could have let them know maybe it's not as bad inside dad said he was so wrong it had been used as a drug flop house or something until it got too gross for scuzz balls hypodermic needles littered the floor as did human feces and animal crap Pizza boxes and Chinese takeouts settled in corners and heaped in in piles in every room. Newspaper bits that had been used for toilet paper littered the bathroom floor. A dead rat floated in the toilet bowl. I walked out and got back in the car. Mom and dad followed. Mom took a deep breath. Here's the plan. She began, summoning her inner organizer her inner organizer to help her cope, I guess. I can't face cleaning that without wait, I can't wait, I can't face cleaning that without sleep. Randall will go to your parents, your mother and father will just have to deal. We'll have a nap, then buy supplies, do a major clean and disinfect the girls and I do that while you fix the door and window. We can sleep on the floors once they are clean and move our stuff in tomorrow. I made a loud noise, like the sound of the buzzer in a game show. Wrong. I'm never stepping foot in that place again. Kill me if you want. Put me up for adoption. Leave me on the street corner with hookers and drug addicts. And let me find my way back to Boulder. But I'm done with Texas. Officially over. Mom didn't even turn around. Tell someone who cares. And that's the end of part one. Literally, that is the end of part one of Dark Song. What are we now? Like 15 episodes in? <sighs> okay. So, we will have, I would say, in about two hours, we have a store run. Um,. I have to wash my hair. And do some other things. (sighs) Before we all start reading. I am going to say the first chapter. In part two. And then we'll have an hour reading session. um, Come Tuesday. Okay. Peace out. Have a good day. Enjoy your life. Don't move. Into places with dead rats in horrible horrible conditions. <sighs> Alright, I see.